welcome to Going Blind Sucks. I'm your host, Dustin Diodato, and with me as always is my wife, co-host, and sound engineer, Joy Masters. Hello. Hey. How you doing this week? I'm okay. Cool. How are you? I'm okay. I'm glad to be here, uh, because if you listen to last week's episode, uh, you know that uh, right now I'm supposed to be face down uh, with a big old gas bubble in my eye, because I was supposed to have uh, eye surgery. Uh, the doctor decided to delay it. Uh, and I could not be happier about that fact. Uh, not for any sort of like amazingly medical medical reasons, uh, but just because uh, after getting a bunch of second opinions, the doctor decided not to rush into it. Uh, there was concern that it might cause more danger uh, than it would solve, uh, considering how fragile my eye is right now. Uh, so he decided to hold off, and I'm uh, doing these weird eye drops. Uh, that are essentially the same medication that was trying to kill me before, uh, but with none of the side effects. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that though. I don't understand. There's a couple questions that come to mind since that appointment. One is why didn't he start with the eye drops? Uh, because he did not believe that the eye drops were as, um, uh, as beneficial as the pills were. Uh, and then he spoke to other people and discovered that they are pretty close in effect. And two. He was ready to rush into the surgery. Yes. He already had a date in mind. Yes. So what what changed? Well, I know that the other people said, hey, don't rush into it. And one person said you could actually cause more damage. So, my, I mean, I, I think he's very good and he seems to have been good so far. But that, that really raised a flag in my mind that he was going to do this. But some people said, hey, maybe you shouldn't. And he's like, okay. I don't know. That, that make, that, I don't know. Yeah, no, I wasn't. I wasn't ecstatic about it either <laughs> it uh i mean i'm glad that he talked to people and now we're doing something different but that bothers me a little bit yeah no definitely um i guess it seemed to me what changed his mind was what people thought was the cause of it what do you mean uh because there's uh there's a disease of some name that i do not know what it is um that causes that swelling in the eye and can cause, cause the, 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 uh, the rupture. Yes. Uh, the, I'm trying to remember the name of it now. Uh, doesn't matter. The macular hole. Okay. Uh, is, is what it caused. But, uh, a lot of the people that he spoke to thought it might not be that disease that causes people to have the macular hole. They thought it might be swelling, uh, related to RP. So if it was swayed, swelling related to RP, then it was potentially as bad as it was going to get, mm. as opposed to that other thing where it could get progressively worse. That's where I think it went one way versus the other. So he was thinking it was the other thing that could get worse. So do it now so it doesn't get worse. Right. All right. And the other people were saying it's probably not that. Okay. I guess I missed that part. Yeah. I mean, that that's what I'm inferring from a lot of the stuff that he said. Oh, okay. Because um, he uh, my, he said that the people that he spoke to thought it was uh, swelling is related to RP. But when I did research, it showed a different disease that caused that. And he originally said that he didn't think it was RP related. So yeah. that's where I'm inferring that okay. from. So anyway, uh, uh, I'm not having it right now, which is very nice. I think it's a big relief. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was not looking forward to going to Christmas uh, face down. 
Uh, no, no, you wouldn't have been face down by then. Yeah. Would you? No. No, you wouldn't have. No, I would have been like two or three days out of face down. Yeah. Uh, but I'd still be looking through a gas bubble most of the time. Yeah. So uh, that's pleasant. So I'm going back January 3rd to uh, to see what progress I've had. And I've been doing these drops, uh, which have this really weird thing um, where I put the drop in and I wait 20 seconds and then it stings. <laughs> it stings for like 20 seconds. It goes away. And I'm just not used to the concept of something stinging my eye eventually. It's like a delayed. Yeah. Built in delay. Maybe it'd be interesting. Not That's not what they did. But it would be interesting that if they made that like it's going to sting. But hey, let's put in a delay so that you can at least get the drops in your eyes before they start stinging. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that would be clever, but probably not possible. <laughs> yeah, that seems like a weird scientific thing, like thing to put people on. Yeah. You know. Um, I'm so, just, I'm just thinking. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so that's where we are with the surgery thing. So I'm glad to be here this week talking to you guys as opposed to um, staring at the floor. Yeah. So we have a mild reprieve. Yeah. And, and and actually, what he said, too, was um, these eye drops may or may not heal the issue. But they may at least bring down the swelling so that when he if he does have to go in and do the surgery, it's not going to cause as much problems. Because one of the things he said, and he showed us a little picture where another cyst, by pulling that layer off of the back of the retina, um, it could rupture another one of those little cysts and you could get another hole. Or it could cause damage that is irreparable further on down the road when they come out with some crazy science to make you have robot eyes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm looking well, forward to robot eyes. Yeah, I'm, I've got everybody on the search for them. Yeah. Because so. you chumps are going to have to go on the internet with your computers. <laughs> and I'll just be u- using my robot eyes. Yep. Everything will be in your eyeballs. Mm-hmm. But um, what he said was it, going back in to do the surgery with less swelling... He would be causing it. The potential for causing damage is lessened, and it could make the surgery much easier for him and for your eyeball. Right. So that's good too. Right. Which, by the way, uh, I found out uh, doing some research that, uh, or and talking to him, basically, there's like three different things that go into your into your eyeball. Yeah. Um, they make three slices into the white of your eye. Yeah. Uh, and they put like three little tubes in there, and they do the thing. Uh, and I was like, well, do I need to be awake for it? And he. So, well, 95% of people do choose to be awake, but you can choose to get knocked out. And I was like, well, do it. count me on the 5%, <laughs> buddy, because I do not need to see three. Because he's like, you can see the little, you know, thing in your eye. And I was like, I don't need to see that. That is not something. Yeah, he said some people see, actually see the forceps. Yeah, nope. So, there's these microscopic forceps that he inserts into your eye, and into one of those slices that he makes in the white of your eye. Yeah. Which is incredible to me. It's fascinating. Yeah, but it's not something I need to be a part of. No, and I personally, like when you did the LASIK surgery and you were awake for that. Yeah. And I watched it, which is, again, fascinating for me, but it wasn't my eye. Right. So um, I don't know if I could have done it. I tend to blink a lot anyway. I always fail the glaucoma test because I always blink when the yeah. puff of air comes out. So if there was a, a knife of any size well, no, coming at my eye. They, they clockwork orange you. No, I you know, but they're still, you can't move your eye either. Do they paralyze it? Uh, Did the pretty drops much. paralyze? Yeah, it? I mean, uh, I mean, you you can change where you're sort of pointed at, at least in in the LASIK one, mm-hmm. you could, but they're like just don't 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 do it. Yeah, see, I I wouldn't <sighs> trust myself at all with yeah. that. Never, no. And it was a a few minutes. Well, how long was the LASIK? It was like it was like ten minutes, ten, 10 to minutes. And minutes, this yeah. one's about forty five. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, there's no way with three 
With three tubes going into my eye, there is like... I don't want to know about it. I don't want to be aware of it. Yeah, wake me up on the other side of it. But hopefully, it won't happen. Well, of course. I don't know. I I was led to believe that it it might. But there is a possibility that it won't. I think it could go either way. Right. It'd be awesome if it didn't. So, uh, we'll keep keep you updated. Uh, Let let me have a conversation with your eyeball. (laughs) Heal. Stop being a jerk. Okay, I'm done. Okay. (laughs) I will... I'll let you know what it says. Okay. Well, why don't you talk to it? I do. Oh. There's not always on the podcast. Oh, okay. Uh, so, moving on. Sorry. To our, no. No, that's... You can talk to my eyeball all you want. Okay, eyeball. No. I, I'm <laughs> going to say words I can't say on the air. Because uh, <laughs> kids are listening? Yeah, small children. Oh, okay. Because we do have a huge child audience. We do. We're uh, big in the elementary schools. <laughs> Uh, so the next topic uh, is something that I uh, it's been happening to me more and more lately, uh, and I just figured I, I I would share this one as well. Uh, and I'm not one of those people that's prone to panic attacks, uh, because typically, like you know, I have, at times I, my job can be incredibly stressful. Uh, yeah. You know, like when I'm not. Uh, when I'm not doing this podcast, uh, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I end up doing live TV type stuff, uh, live programming. Oh, you're really good at it. Thank you. Um, I've wh- seen you in action. <laughs> you did. You came to one of our things. Yeah, a couple of them. Um, and I mean, as you'd imagine, live TV can be very stressful. Yeah. Um, and it usually does not phase me. Uh, but I've been, I've been in certain situations, uh, more so I think over the last month to where all of a sudden everything just gets really overwhelming. Um, and it's usually, uh, like claustrophobia induced, you know? Well, um, can you expand on that? Like, are you, is it a visual claustrophobia? Do you feel like because you can't see everything, you feel like there's a lot of stuff happening around you that is closing in on you? Yeah. Like what, um, one of the times it happened was when I was with, uh, you and, uh, our friend Nicole, and uh, I found myself in a situation where both of you were like standing right next to me, mm-hmm. uh, and because you were both so close, you were just like barely on the corner of whatever peripheral vision I have left, uh, which put me in a situation where I knew that you were there, but I did not know where you were. Oh, this was at the pizza place. At the pizza place, yeah, yeah. and uh, and it. It felt like my brain just went into panic mode. And I was like, I need to get out of this. I need to get out of this. I need to, get, I need to move. I need to get out of this. I need to get out of this. But I felt like I couldn't get out of it because I didn't know where you were exactly. So it it's paralyzing because you feel as though you're going to cause or put yourself in danger by moving. But it's the only way to get out of the situation. What? Now, I didn't assume that you guys were both holding machetes. <laughs> and that you were... <laughs> well, that was my next question. Go ahead. Uh, but it's difficult to explain. You know, like, I don't know what the danger that I'm feeling is, but my brain is saying, this is bad, this is it's bad, like this a, is bad. Yeah, it's a fight or flight reaction. Right. right. And yours was, was flight. Yeah. For whatever reason. But I'm wondering, though, and obviously it has nothing to do with the actual people around you, but I'm wondering if there's anywhere you can train yourself or somehow remind yourself that we both are perfectly aware of your situation that they would never let you get hurt 
No, but it, but I mean, I think part of it is just that like, I don't know that if I move my hand an inch, if I'm going to slap you in the face. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not intentionally. I'm not saying. I know. I'm, no, I know. It's you just, know, like I I don't know where I don't know where things are and what like we went yesterday. We had gone to visit a, a friend's apartment, and the apartment was, for lack of a better word, cramped. It was. It's a tiny New York apartment. Yeah, it's a tiny New York apartment, and for most people, I it mean, would, a really tiny. Yeah tiny sorry go ahead uh, very, for most people tiny. it would be fine uh but for me there were certain rooms where the walls were so close that it was difficult for me to tell where the walls were and the things that were there were so close that it was difficult for me to tell where they were like i by definition need to keep distance from things to see them mm-hmm. and when things when walls and stuff like that close within that distance where i'm not a hundred percent sure where it is then my brain just gets mad uh and it just says get the hell out of that and because you don't understand where you are yeah like in relation to anything right okay uh yeah you just feel as though like yeah you're you're in a void of some kind you know where uh where you where you can't be confident that you can move in any direction in any way without hitting something okay and yeah it's not I, i know that there's not a spike wall there no, but I don't well, know. she does have one, but yeah. but no, but I can see the spikes. Yeah, yeah, it's covered. You can see the spikes because they're really long. Right, uh, but where it it was, it's frightening, um, and and that also happened. We were, and it's weird because it's always like you know I take the New York City subway, uh, and it's always somewhat crowded on the subway. Uh, they cane sort of helps that a little bit because it does give you a little bit of a bubble mm-hmm. uh people sort of get like oh okay i'm not gonna well they know. know it's their responsibility to look out for you right uh but for whatever reason yesterday when we were you know we were leaving the subway all of a sudden it was just there was so many people and they were going in so many different directions that it um there was no faith that if you went in a predictable fashion that it was going to work mm-hmm and I think that's one of those things that like is comforting about the subway usually is that uh you know you everybody walks on the right side if they're going on one way and <laughs> left on side if they're going a different way and theoretically yeah and you keep moving forward and if you're not going to move forward you pull to the side and all that kind of stuff um and the minute you end up in a place where that where those laws break down is where panic mode kicks in immediately uh and so I wonder what it's like in countries where that's not the case. You well, know, where they there have is their a, own rules, though. And no, you're I know. used to those rules. But I mean, like, in China, for example, like, lining up for something isn't really culturally relevant. Right. Like, if you're going to get on the bus, everybody just crams on that bus. Uh, and, you know, that's that's their way of doing it. I'm not, you know, disparaging it. I just know that it would be really hard for me to do. Um, and I wonder how people in those areas function where rules aren't set aside. Well, I wonder too, how they handle their, I was going to say handicap. I mean, it is a handicap. You've got a cane. Yeah. Did I was so I don't know how they culturally, how they handle them. They may be very protective. And so someone could walk out with a cane and just know that somebody's going to stir them in the right direction if they try to walk into a manhole, you know? Yeah. Or you know what I mean, mm-hmm. for lack of a better example. But they'll just so maybe they can just flow along with the stream 
and not really have to worry about it. Yeah, where it's a thing where it's like if if everything's equal, then I'm just gonna like elbow you to get to what I want. But if mm-hmm. I see that there's clearly a differentiation, then I will bow to your it being harder for you type thing. Yeah, which is what they're supposed to do here. Yeah, and I think you you do see that a little bit, but they're also. You were also telling me last night about someone who just full on walked into it, looked at you, and kept walking. Yeah, like into yeah, your no, there, there was a dude who yeah who uh, was crossing in front of me and literally like kicked the cane. Um, and I've had people bump into it, and I've had somebody like push it a little bit, uh, but this was the first time somebody just like really just like the cane went like flying, and it was only because I was holding it really hard that it stayed in my hand. Yeah, um, and then I just saw the person like uh, the person was on the phone. Uh, look down and just sort of like have like a whatever look on his face and just keep going I'm like what Made did, he, you did think- he look down at the cane and then look up at you or he just looked down at the cane and he looked look at the at- cane and kept going oh my god i'm so glad i wasn't there i don't know i'm gonna blow up someday dustin i know you are i'm ready to do it now oh oh god yes <laughs> yep uh so yeah Sorry. so no that's uh uh, so I just want to share. What's wrong with people? What they, is wrong with people? They're they have places to go and things to do, and they don't care about other people. They're buttheads. They are. So I'm very lucky that I travel at a time that's off hours when I'm going to work. Otherwise, I think I'd be mad all the time. Oh my god! Yes. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go on to your next. No, no. That, um. Yeah. So that's uh, um. It's a little panic attack stories. <laughs> no, that's you that know I what though. I I'm because every once in a while I get it too, where I'm just like, oh my god, there's so many people. I mean. You can understand it in New York. Yeah. The stereotypes of everybody living in New York, there's a lot of truth to it because they're just crazy. Everybody's got some place to go and they push. And sometimes, you know, I run into people too, but I usually apologize. Yeah. So I, I'm, I can't say that I know exactly what you're going through. All I can say is that I would think it'd be even more scary because you have that other thing to contend with. Yeah. I, I, um, I was going to buy a gift for my dad, uh, on Friday. Yep. Uh, maybe Thursday. I don't remember. A few days ago. A few days ago. Since yeah, since you're listening to this, whenever you're listening to it, so <laughs> the the actual day of the week does not matter to you. But uh, I was going to buy a gift for my dad, and uh, I ended up the the place I needed to go. Uh, if you know New York City, was on Fifty Fourth and Lex. So I got off at Fifty First and Lex, and I was like, okay, I'll walk the three blocks. Um, this time of year. In oh, this area, oh goodness, Lexington Avenue in that area is packed. Most of Midtown, straight across east to west, is yeah. pretty crazy, and it's packed with non-New Yorkers, predominantly. Right. Uh, and the reason that is relevant is because New Yorkers have some place to go, and tourists do not. Are, they're not. They're where they need to be. They're, they're so walking they're, slowly. They're stopping in the middle of streets. They're stopping at the top of stairways. Right. They are going very slowly. They're on vacation. They're they have, three across, three abreast, if you will. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God. Uh, so I got out to go there and I walked three blocks before I discovered I was walking the wrong direction. Oh, no. Because there were no... Because I, I couldn't find a, the street signs, the street signs yeah. at all. Um, and by that point, I was just like, I'm going to start slapping people with this cane because this is ridiculous. Uh, and in a situation like that, because you have those tourists that are walking everywhere, uh, the cane is useful for people coming at you, mm-hmm. but it's useless for people that you're walking with. 
because they don't know that you have the cane. So they're just sort of walking unpredictably. And it's not until you hit into them mm-hmm. that... Um, so it was it was a, one of the most tense walking experiences I've had in quite a while. Only to get to the store and discover that the thing that I wanted, they had just sold out of. Oh, my God. So the whole thing was pointless. Uh, and then I went to the White House store to look into different canes, and they were closed. So <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of failure going on <laughs> that particular day. Uh, and I'm going to try to keep my uh, buying gifts in the city down to a minimum. Well. This time of year. Yeah. I should be doing it in, like, September when nobody cares. Yeah, or October. Even yeah. the early November, it's still a little safe. Yeah, but now it's... No, forget it. It's obscene. And I work where you, near where you used to work, only really a block away, near Rockefeller Center. And it, if I go a half a block in the wrong way, I will not come back after going out for lunch. Yeah, it's I mean, I, I will, but it'll take me a half an hour to walk a block. Block and a half. Yeah. Because it's... And, and also, I notice out in front of Radio City, they'll divert pedestrian traffic away from it so even you can't cross in front of rock in front of radio city sometimes mm-hmm. they'll make it go out and around mind-numbing infuriating yeah so having to do that with with other things to contend with yeah ooh, if, you know. if you are visually impaired and you do not live in new york city do not come this time of year it is yeah. not going to work out well for you uh because i remember like as, when we went on our honeymoon and we went to uh we went to europe mm-hmm. uh it was then that i discovered sort of how bad it was because i was in a place where it was much more unpredictable for me because i i didn't live there all the time right. and uh, they're, they're old cities so they weren't in a grid-like fashion right and they had very uneven old sort of cobblestoney kind of uh, roadways and sidewalks and stuff like that right. but they were all significantly less busy than new york city is yes in in the holiday season so i imagine what it would be like to go to the equivalent of new york city right um oh it would suck uh so stay away uh, <laughs> this time of year come any yeah. other time yeah just don't Jan- come between like uh the christmas tree lighting in rockville center and chris and new year's yeah definitely don't come new year's do not come new year's um then you will just oh just go home um all right, so that's uh, <laughs> that's that. That's that. Um, I don't know if I spoke about this, if we spoke about this, but uh, I know I had mentioned that I, I'd started doing improv uh, on the podcast, uh, and I had my first couple of shows. You did very well. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, I was mostly concerned about my ability to uh, to walk into people and <laughs> to know that other people are on the stage and all that, and uh, so far so good. Yeah. I even did weird physical comedy in the first show. Yeah, I was really impressed. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, so so far it's all good. Um, one of the things that I'm aware is going to happen, it's not an if, it's a when, it's with improv comedy, the way that you would edit a scene is that you sort of run across. In front. In front. Uh, and I was told after the last show that there were a couple of scenes where more than one person edited the scene. Oh, I don't remember that. Um. That's fine. A, a couple of people mentioned that, and I was like, well, I didn't know that. <laughs> and oh. So I don't know if I was one of those people that edited at the same time somebody else did. Oh. So I guess my point is that my fear is that in my running across the scene to edit it, that I'm going to run full on into somebody else uh, while they're doing it. But I guess it's their responsibility to... Yes, it is. ...to dive out of the way. Well, I think it is. And you and you talked to them. You said you did a show and tell. 
showing them like what you can see and what you can't see yeah. and explaining that you were probably going to hang out in the back of the stage for the beginning of the scene to see so you can see what's happening right which i totally didn't do at the show no you did great i i was very impressed i have to tell you oh thanks you were out there you were and in, in, in the sound of movement opening it's like a, a not a warm-up but it's actually kind of a warm-up that you use for your opening to mm-hmm. get gather ideas and i thought you were really involved i was a little worried the one this last week because you were doing a lot of stuff with hands up near faces yeah like like pawing the air in front of people's faces and i was worried that you were gonna get hit in the face or someone was gonna <laughs> get hit in the face but it seemed like everything was fine and i think your group works really well together so i think that they seem to have an understanding yeah and you seem very comfortable with them so yeah so far and i warned them i was like don't expect me to just know to high five you say high five, high five. <laughs> <laughs> which is what i usually do <laughs> yeah high five. uh you know say let's shake on it and stuff like that because otherwise uh, I'm going to ignore you and I'm going to look like a dick. And because the audience doesn't know, uh, they're just going to think that either I'm a dick or, or that's part of my character. And then I won't know that it's part of my character. Right. And it'll be really weird. Uh, but it is. it feels good to get out there and discover that I can still do that. Yeah. Uh, so it's just a tiny little bit of taking back part of, you know, what I lost. So that's nice. Yay. <laughs> I mean that. I don't, I know that I didn't sound as enthusiastic as I meant it, but I'm really yeah, proud no, of you. No, no, I really I, no, I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, I also wanted to mention um, Facebook because um, I had recently come across an RP related Facebook group. Um, there's 1,500 people in it, which is a lot of people. It's a lot of people. Yeah. Isn't uh, like 10% of everybody that has it? Something like that. Uh, well, it's 100,000 people in the United States, but a oh, lot of, okay. not everybody in the group is in the United States. So, okay. uh, and I think you might just be able to look up Retinitis Pigmentosa as the name of the group uh, and join it. Uh, mm-hmm. You have to ask, to like you have to request to be part of it or whatever. Really? Yeah. Uh, but they accept everybody. Um, uh, if, you, uh, if you can't find it, um, you can become friends with me and I will uh, send you the link or whatever. Uh, Dustin Diodato. Yes. Um, there are only two Destiny Dados on Facebook. Uh, I think it's only two in the world. Um, there's I am, two? Yeah. No. I am not the 14-year-old one. Okay. <laughs> so there's a 14-year-old yeah. version of you? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I was very annoyed to discover that there was another Destiny Dado on Facebook. Seems so unlikely. Yeah. Or you can just look me up on Google. I'm the first 15 pages. <laughs> uh, so super famous. Yeah. Super uh, famous tall super blind comedian. Yeah. Um, uh, and one of the things that uh, that had come up on the Facebook group uh, that a lot of the group had been chatting about and I thought would be interesting to talk about on the podcast uh, is, uh, and you always make fun of me about this, but uh, fear of attack. <laughs> uh usually when i'm talking about attack i'm <laughs> i'm discussing something in the apartment uh people just suddenly appearing in the apartment and attacking him right uh you never know when there's going to be an apartment ninja that's going to try and take you out but uh the attack Which, that i <laughs> it's ridiculous it makes me laugh every time uh the attack that i'm referring to is in this case <laughs> uh although sorry apartment ninjas are very real and you should watch out for them um no they are very real. Nope. They it's documented. 
Where? In documents. Where are these documents? I, I don't know. Show me the documents. The, uh, the apartment just took them. <laughs> <laughs> I had them all set aside That's for you. That's a good you, one. Yeah, really? Oh, you did? Uh, the yeah. First time I'm hearing about this. Yeah, no, they... When, pri- when were they, the ninjas here? They pride here? themselves on the secrecy. When were they here? I don't... Did you, they slip in and they slip out. This <laughs> yeah, is my but point. when did you notice... You don't even know that they're here until they're gone. You, <laughs> when did you notice the documents missing? Oh, months ago. Y- you could have told me about this. Yeah, I figured I'd wait till the podcast. Okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> just uh, not holding too much water here. Um, this cup you're handing me. The <laughs> attacks ahead. that I'm referring to, though, uh, are more... Yes. Uh, Real? Uh, yeah, or more of the mugger variety. Yeah. Uh, because uh, there is that sense the first time that you decide to like, oh, I'm going to go out with a cane. It's being like, I am a huge target for a person to rob. Because uh, now they know that A, I will not be able to fight back that well. And B, I will not be able to... Uh, recognize them. Recognize them, yeah. Um, and especially most muggers are not really well versed in the fact that people who use canes are not all like blind blind 100 percent blind. yeah, yeah. Uh, so they're gonna assume that you are stevie wonder bond right um so uh one of the things that they were talking about was uh for women um because i realized that even for for myself uh i I I am much more conscious of the fact that like I don't wander down very isolated streets. No more Ellie hopping. Yeah. No, but I mean like <laughs> like where the where the improv for the area is. There are two no, ways it, that you can walk back. You can walk back one that's a li- like where you have to take two trains, but it's a little bit more populated, and there's one that's like really it's a under sketchy. the tracks yeah. and sketchy. Uh, and I only really walk that if I'm with other people. Right. Uh, I don't walk it if I'm alone. Um, and I started, you know, um, the, it was when the, the female members of the group started chiming in that I realized that like, it's just that much more frightening for women because women are already, uh, sort of fearful of attack and prone to it. They're more likely, like I'm a six, I'm six, three, 200 pounds. Like even with a cane, you got to be relatively count. Like you're probably going to skip me. Yeah. Probably going <laughs> to go after the small, the smaller female. guy, yeah, or or yeah, guy or female or whatever, the yeah. smaller person, right? So, uh, I have this fear of attack, but I also forget the fact that I'm larger than A most giant. people. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, so I started thinking about you know the women because, um, because part of part of the lifestyle of being visually impaired is or blind uh is that you create a predictability in your life mm-hmm. you know you you consciously do go the same way each week each day you know like the same way at the same time uh so you know what to expect you know that you know that right. there's going to be a lot of traffic at this corner or you know that there's a an extra dip someplace you know you know what you're doing, and there's there you're lessening the chance for surprises. Right, uh, and that predictability does open you up more to potentially somebody, you know, attacking attacking you because they know you're going to be at a certain street corner at a certain time. Yeah, and they know you're going to be alone, or you're not going to be alone. You know, like they, um, not that your typical mugger will stalk, will take <laughs> notes. You right. know, 
but still, you, it, it creates a situation where uh, it is it is more dangerous. Uh, and I'm not sure what to do about it, though. I'm not sure if there's a thing. And part of what, what came up in the discussion was if it makes more sense to get a dog than it does to get to use a cane. Because in my mind, um, I've been approached a few times about, hey, would you be interested in getting a seeing eye dog? And I keep saying no, because I feel like dogs are for blind and canes are for visually impaired. Mm-hmm. Um, you feel as though you might be taking it away from someone else who needs it more? Yeah, and I think it would be overkill. Because I think, I think you know, for me, I use the cane when I am traveling. You know, when I'm going to and from work and often sometimes just halfway to work and uh home mm-hmm. because usually during the day if i'm going to the train uh, don't need it. i don't need it that much uh but at night once it's dark or when i'm in a crowded subway i do um so it feels like the dog would be overkill because most of the time it wouldn't be doing the thing that it needed to do but i'd still be dragging this dog around yeah so uh, <laughs> 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 just picture you holding on to like the handle and like dragging it it wouldn't be walking. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm a quick... like, you're not working. You don't have to walk. So you're just going to drag it. <laughs> yeah. I'm a quick I'm sorry, walker. It was a visual. It was a um, visual that was the thing that like, um, you are very fast. Uh, one of the people in the group had mentioned, um, cause like me, when I'm feeling relatively confident about the place that I'm walking, I will walk quickly. Yeah. Your normal pace. Cause you're, yeah, my normal pace all is this, fast. You, yeah. It's pretty fast. Well, you have like 20 feet long legs. So yeah. <laughs> so they cover a lot of ground. Uh, and especially if it's cold or something like that, or if I'm late for something, I can move at quite a rate. Uh, and the person mentioned that, uh, they were doing that. They were confident, but they had the cane with them. They mm-hmm. just wanted to move faster and then they felt comfortable using the cane. Uh, and then accidentally slammed it, like with their arm out, sort of slam the cane into somebody, oh. which is like <laughs> the worst thing that you like. <laughs> Cause it's like, Oh no, I use a cane. I'm just not doing it now, but I should be because I just hurt you very badly. <laughs> Oops. Uh, what what do you do you think do you think I'm crazy in not wanting yeah. to get a dog? Oh, about that. Um do I think you're crazy generally? Mm, yes. Oh, uh, no, I don't. I totally get I totally I think that if I were in your shoes, you know, if all things being equal from what I understand. Yeah. I think I would hold off. Well, if I were a dude anyway. Let's go with that. I, I would agree with you. I wouldn't want to take a dog away from someone who I would feel personally would feel that they needed it more mm-hmm. again you don't need your cane all the time it helps you when you need it so i don't think you're crazy at okay. all and and then again you have to think about the other thing you're like it's a dog you have to take care of now <laughs> it's, yeah it's an extra member of the family and we have to feed it and you know make sure it's healthy and pet it and let it run around when you can let it run around but i i can understand and i didn't really think about it until you had mentioned it the other day from speaking to people on the facebook page about females and that and really that it's opening well not just females but that it's opening up a person with a cane to potential danger yeah to being to being more of a target and also as a female even more so because they're already someone may already see a female as being an easy target and i was always oh, a blind one Woo! they're not gonna know who i am so i can do whatever i want do you think that that if the situation reversed you'd be more inclined to get a dog then i don't know i'd really have to think about it Again, I'd really have to be in your shoes. 
to know exactly. I hear what you're saying. I understand to as far as I can, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to fully know what it's like or how scared I'm going to be until I'm actually in your shoes, until mm-hmm. I actually have this problem that will not go away. So I don't know, but I, I wouldn't blame anybody that was a female with uh, impaired sight to get a dog. I wouldn't blame mm-hmm. them at all. Okay. Does, uh, that, does that answer your yeah. question? Yeah, no, it does. definitely does. Um, and I, I remember my first reaction was, well, don't go into the dangerous places if you're, well, if you're that scared about it, uh, which A, you can't really do anyway, and B, part of, uh, part of what ends up happening if you're, if you're out there living your life is, you know, not, not every visually impaired person is like us where we don't have kids, where we have more freedom as to where we, where we go. Yeah, we have more choice because it's just the two of us. Yeah, but if it's a situation where, like, you have a kid or something like that, you got to bring that kid to school, you know? You got to bring that kid to a friend's house. And if you can't drive, then you're walking them there. That's, yeah. that's how it goes. Uh, so you, you're forced to be in situations where that's just going to happen. Well, and also, there are no safe places. I mean, the, I, I'm sure if you look up statistics, a lot of crimes happen within a certain radius of the home. I know accidents do, car accidents do. That's why I make my parents call me when they're in the driveway or in the house when they mm-hmm. leave here. Because I want to make sure they're actually safe. Because if they're a mile from home, anything can happen. Right. But the point is, too, that anything can happen anywhere. And I, I was in a very nice neighborhood when I lived in Albany. And in the building that shared a wall with me, a tragic accident, or, well, it wasn't an accident. It was a tragic crime happened to a girl who was actually from near my hometown. Mm-hmm. And it was very possible by the evidence that the person, that they knew who attacked her. That the, she knew who attacked her. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it, bad things can happen anywhere. So even if you were to walk around and say, well, I'm not going to go down this alley because it's dark and dangerous, or I'm not going to go to this part of town because I know that it's dangerous, anywhere it can happen. So if you feel vulnerable at all, you have to take steps to make yourself feel safer. Yeah. Whatever those are. Which is why I still think it's crap that you can't get a blind cane with a sword in it. I totally agree. Oh, we did talk to somebody about that, and they they said it, it logistically it wouldn't work. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to. You wouldn't be able to fold down. Right. You'd you'd have to have like a long one that doesn't fold. Does that make sense? It does. Okay, I'm doing hand motions, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if verbally it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but you understand what I'm doing. The funny thing, my hands. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is, you're saying I'm doing hand motions to the home audience, but I didn't know you were doing hand oh, motions really? either. <laughs> So really, you were doing them entirely for yourself. I was doing them for myself, so that made sense to me. Hopefully, other people, you know what I mean. It doesn't yeah. fold. What? What is it? Articulate? No, articulate? No, that's not the word. You know what I mean? Yeah, you I get what I'm what saying. Mean. So, get, if you get one, get one that doesn't fold up, and then you can put a, a sword in it. Yeah, or just carry a taser. Yeah. Um, the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is that feasible? <laughs> can you do that? You could, but you'd be inclined to just taser random people. I, think. I was thinking that too. That was the next the picture fear. in my head. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas the sword, you'd be much more selective as to who you stab with the sword. And you're less likely to hurt somebody. Yeah. Um, Automatically. But I remember my first reaction <laughs> when the when the person had mentioned that they wanted to get a dog instead of a cane was, well, the cane's, you know, so much was so liberating for me and stuff like that. And, you know, the dog is for people who are... Uh, on blind but I, I but the thing i sort of realized after going back and forth with it is uh other people's perception doesn't mean anything you know whether mm-hmm. or not people are like oh well you shouldn't have a dog because you're whatever you mm-hmm. shoot like 
are you going to be comfortable traveling wherever you're going to be going exactly to? uh whatever other people think who cares man? they can go screw themselves yeah i'm sorry but i i again even last night when we were on the train i kept seeing people watch you and your king and part of me wants to go do you need an explanation I'm sure they were just curious because I'm curious about yeah. people that are different. And, and actually even more so now, anybody who has a cane, I watch them more because I'm like, all right, let me see what you're doing. Over yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm curious to see how they handle it, how people react to them. Cause I obviously am biased and have a completely different view when I'm looking <laughs> at, at people that are looking at you. Cause I want to beat everybody up. But mm-hmm. anyway, I, I agree with you is what I'm saying. Yeah. Everybody can go screw themselves. You have to take care of you in whatever fashion. Yeah, and it's weird because it's one of those saying like don't worry about what other people think is one of those things that people tell you from the time that you are like five yeah you know like the minute you start interacting with other school children people don't like you because your shoes are blue or because you're yeah uh could you wear a bolo tie every day (laughs) uh i did that did you no i didn't i but i had a bolo tie i had like two or three bolo ties in my life that i wore sometimes wow yeah, I'm not proud of it. No. But, uh, <laughs> but it was adorable. Yeah. Well, I was like eight. Um, yeah, of course. So it was adorable. You were little. So <laughs> point being, um, yes. th- that's one of those things that people tell you, like, don't worry about what other people think. Don't worry about what other people think. And it's really hard to actually do in your life. Because Absolutely. you're interacting with people all the time. Um, but one of the upsides of being visually impaired is that you can't see the people who are judging you <laughs> so as long as you focus on that yes it doesn't I, matter but i think i i know i know it's very easy to say don't don't care about what other people think because i'm i'm you know as i get older i'm trying more and more not to care what other people think but i still do to a certain extent but the thing is this comes down to your safety yeah and maybe if you say it to yourself enough and other people say it to you enough eventually you won't care and you're like you know what i want to get from home to work and wherever else I need to go without being mugged or stabbed or whatever. Yeah. I'm going to do what I need to do. And everybody else can go screw themselves. The one thing that I, <laughs> the one thing that I would say though, uh, and that it, it keeps sort of popping up is people always ask the question of when should I stop driving? Oh. And my opinion is when you ask that question. Because if you are asking that question, then you know that your driving has been impaired. Right. You know that you are more dangerous out there than you should be. And uh, as much as it sucks, and it's easy for me to say because I live in New York City, Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't need to drive. But uh, to me, it's not different than being a drunk driver, you know? You are not fully there. You are not fully safe. People are more at danger because of what you are doing. And it is more inconvenient to stop driving. But the damage that could be done is way more than inconvenient to the people who are affected by it. Yeah. So uh, that's one of the things that I keep hearing people sort of ask. uh, And it scares me every time. Uh that I hear it. Um, and you know, again, for me, I wasn't a big driver. And by the time, uh, I was diagnosed with RP and by the time I knew anything was going on, um, I was already past the point where I could legally drive a car. So 
uh, I made the decision very quickly <laughs> that that was never <laughs> going to happen again. Uh, and you gave up your license. And I gave up my license. Uh, so I don't want to be preaching. I don't want to be one of those people, but I really don't want to see anybody get hurt because somebody's trying to hold on to their independence too long and have something go wrong. However, I do understand the reluctance to let go. That I mean, to, even when you said that, I don't know. It it I was like, ooh, I, I don't know. Not that I would felt punched in the stomach, but it was just like, oh my god. I I myself love to drive, and even though we don't have a car in New York, whenever I have a chance to drive, I do, and yeah. I love it, and I love the independence, and I love everything about it. And I can understand for someone, especially that doesn't live in New York, since I'm not from the city, I'm from a place where you have to drive everywhere, otherwise you're not going anywhere, and. I can understand the reluctance to let that go. Oh, I oh, I definitely can. And the independence, the sense of self, just the mobility. Yeah. No, if 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 you are a person that needs to drive to go get milk or butter or whatever, uh, and somebody all of a sudden says, "No, you have to wait," or you have to take the bus or whatever, um, I could definitely one hundred percent understand why that i mean i'm in it it's not so it's not what well, i'm not trying to talk you like i'm a, a person who's <laughs> who can't <laughs> yeah no i i know um you know uh yep. granted i can get wherever i need to go but i also know that i'm going to live in new york city from for the rest of my life or the equivalent or get super rich and have a driver uh, i totally drive you because of that yep. um and it's just too dangerous a game to play if you're you're putting yourself like because i remember driving before i was diagnosed i remember somebody saying watch that guy on the side of the road and i responded with what guy on the side of the road uh, and uh that's when i knew that i should not be driving at night right because i could have hit that guy there's no reason in the world why that guy's alive other than luck so and the fact that i was driving in the middle of the road where I should, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but it, you know, it's going to happen to a certain number of people. A certain number of people are going to drive too long and something bad's going to happen. Yeah. And just think about that while you're, you know, if, if you are one of those people who are contemplating that decision, know that it is not just about your independence, but right. it's about, everybody else who's out there yep and anybody who's in the car with you yeah there are uh, there are ways to get around it and there are ways to get rise from other people and it definitely definitely sucks but it's definitely the right move yeah so on that note uh that's <laughs> uh that's this week's uh episode uh we'll try and get one more in before the holidays but uh in the event that something should go horribly awry Happy holidays. Happy, Happy holidays. New Year. Yeah. Happy solstice. Uh, and we will uh, talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye.